What's up, everybody? Matt Bruning here with another edition of your guys' Spring Practice Reports podcast. Uh, you may have heard this first one. I'm not 100% sure where the last one ended. Uh, but if you have not, this will be the Spring Practice Reports for March 20th through March 27th. So you have got the last Monday through, Hope I assume today, you guys will be listening to this on March 27th. Make sure to keep checking out the YouTube channel. We'll be dropping these a couple times this week, and uh, I will hopefully have the podcast uploaded at some point in time on Fridays. I will be out of town for the weekend. Hope you guys are enjoying these, and thank you guys so much for the support. What's up, everybody? Matt here, back with another episode of Spring Practice Reports. We had a couple schools start up this weekend, a couple that started up today on March 20th, uh, but not a lot of news. Is unfortunately, some of these schools refuse to let people in to watch, so we have to just kind of go off the little bit that we got, but there's still a couple schools that we're going to talk about here on Monday, March 20th. <music> We've got to start with Colorado. Uh, the college football world is a buzz, obviously, with everything going on in Colorado, right? Deion Sanders shows up there. Their spring game is going to be televised, I believe, on ESPN. When you have a bunch of other big schools not even getting that treatment, they're going on ESPN2, ESPN3, ESPN, the Ocho, all over the place. And for all that talk and all that coverage, unfortunately, didn't get a lot from their first spring practice. Uh, Dion has been praising, however, new offensive coordinator, former Kent State head coach Sean Lewis for his up-tempo offense. It is definitely something that I'm looking forward to watching, having Shador Sanders back there, quarterback. Got probably true freshman running back Dylan Edwards getting a decent amount of carries there. And then wide receiver slash defensive back Travis Hunter, Jimmy Horn Jr. at the wide receiver position. This could be a very fun offense in that high-tempo Sean Lewis uh, style there. And that is who's really gotten most of the praise. On top of that, Dion has come out and said that he's going to make every player earn their number. But he has praised Jimmy Horn Jr., the transfer wide receiver, who I do think probably has a chance to have at least a decent season here with Colorado. I mean, they did not have much in there besides Jordan Tyson, who got injured late last year. I was not able to find anything if he's back and fully healthy in practice. Obviously, they also have Travis Hunter, former number one player overall in the recruit rankings, is playing both defense and offense, I will be honest. I'm excited just to watch Colorado football, just to see what Hunter looks like, to see him against P5 competition playing defense and offense. You know, they get that game against USC early on. How insane would that be if he picks off Caleb Williams and then like on the next drive ends up scoring a receiving touchdown? I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch Travis Hunter alone. You know, I know Colorado is getting a lot of hype because of Deion Sanders. It well-deserved. He is a disruptor of the sport, and I think it is a lot of fun. But I'm really excited to watch Travis Hunter, if I'm being honest, just, just to see him play both sides of the field. It's been a very long time since we've been able to see a player do that, and I think he's got the talent to do both if he wanted to. So I am excited, but I should not, again, pass up that Jimmy Horn Jr. was getting a lot of praise from head coach Deion Sanders. Sticking in the Big 12, or I'm sorry, they Colorado was in the Big 12. They're now in the Pac-12. Going over to the Big 12, we're going to talk a little bit about TCU. So we know Max Dugan is gone. He is headed to the NFL. Well, last year, 
quarterback Chandler Morris technically beat him out for that starting job, even though he did kind of get Wally pipped after losing it, um, getting injured. Well, him and Party threw passes today with the ones. Uh, the reports were that Morris looked better. He had a couple really nice throws, some good zip on them, mostly to wide receiver Savion Williams. Speaking of Savion Williams, he is moving from the Z to the X, much like Quentin Johnston did last year. And Williams did seem to have a pretty good connection and some pretty good chemistry with Morris on day one. With Williams now at X, Jordan Hudson has moved into Z. He looks more physical than he did last year, according to the reports. And, and this is the interesting one. Blake Noel, who I, honestly I, is not like a big thing here for us, but Cordell Russell was getting snaps at Z. They had JoJo Earl in the slot. He apparently looked incredible out there in day one. They said he looked a lot like Darius Davis wearing that number 11, but they were moving him all around the offense. He also had a pretty good connection with Morris. JoJo Earl, a guy I think could have a really big year this year. Really intrigued to see what he looks like. Again, they're moving him all around the offense, but was starting in the slot. On over to Tennessee, score another win on the position changes for the C2C crew. Wide receiver, quote-unquote, Cameron Selden has come in but took all of his work with the running backs. Now, he is still listed as a wide receiver on Tennessee's depth chart, but our recruiting team predicted that he is going to be a running back, much like we predicted Emmanuel Henderson last year, who was going to be a running back for Alabama. We predicted we'd be moved to wide receiver. He has been moved to wide receiver. Selden looks like he is going to be moved officially to running back. At least day one, he took all of the reps with the running backs. Oregon transfer Dante Thornton worked mostly out of the slot behind Squirrel White, and apparently both of them looked really good. But the one that probably impressed the most, it sounds like, was Caleb Webb, who was unfortunately working behind Raymond Keaton or Ramel Keaton in the outside receiver position. Um, there wasn't much difference between the two, but there was uh, some reports about Caleb Webb making some nice catches. And the hope for a quarterback battle here in Tennessee doesn't look like it's going to happen. Josh Heupel quoted said that uh, Joe Milton has elite traits. Um, and I don't think that Nico is going to have much of a shot at winning this job, although we've all kind of talked about that. You know, Joe Milton came in, had a very good game against Clemson, looked like a completely different quarterback if we're all being honest. And if he can get that out of Joe Milton, there's no way Nico starts unless they lose like four games. Maybe then Nico comes in, uh, but it does seem like Nico is definitely going to be the two as they really don't have any other scholarship quarterbacks on the depth chart. So all it takes is one injury. We could see Nico come in and possibly Wally Pip Joe Milton. But while Hypo has kind of come out and said there is a quote-unquote quarterback competition, I find that very hard to believe when you're out there talking about Joe Milton having elite traits. I just don't see how there's actually competition there. So Nico probably sitting year one. Going on over to Alabama, this is one of the teams I was hoping to get some information on. We're, we're obviously dying to know about this quarterback battle and everything going on there. Well, Nobody was allowed in practice week one or for, for day one. Now, there were people doing everything they could to get pictures. Um, there were some pictures taken. You can go find them 24-7 sports on three. The only thing to really come out of here was that Jalen Milrow was seen taking the snaps with the one. So right now, 
you know, take that for what it is. I do think this is going to actually be a quarterback battle. I don't think we're going to find out the answer to this till after fall camp. You know, I would not be surprised if Jalen Milrose starts the season for Alabama. We really don't know that much about Tommy Reese. Uh, he's only been an offensive coordinator for a couple of years. You know, he's had Ty Buckner. He then had Drew Pine. Neither one of those guys, I think, have the talent that Jalen Milrow or Ty Simpson has. Um, for me personally, I would think they'd want a guy like Ty Simpson due to just kind of the questions they have all around that offense. But if they're not expected to pass the ball a ton because there's a lot of questions on that wide receiver court, maybe they do go with the Jalen Milrow. It's got to help the running game. That is, I think, a strength of Alabama right now with with the running uh, with Justice Haynes coming in. You've got Richard Young as well. Chase McClellan looks like he could have a, a big year. So Roydell Williams is still there. Could be a big bruiser for them. That They've got some decent running backs there, and the wide receivers are a question mark, so maybe they do go with Milrow. But as of right now, looks like Milrow is taking the snaps with the ones. On over to Texas A&M. Not much listed on the practice, but they always do a really good job of giving you the depth chart on the day. So with the ones, no surprise here, Connor Wigman. Uh, but the running back was Amari Daniels running with the ones. Wide receivers were Noah Thomas, Moose Muhammad II, and Evan Stewart. No real surprise there with Donovan Green in at tight end. The twos for today, Max Johnson was the quarterback running with the twos with Le'Veon Moss and Ruben Owens splitting reps. That's the more interesting one, right? Because those are the two we expect to probably be the starting running backs for Texas A&M at some point with Raymond Contrell, Micah Tease, the true freshman, and Aeneas Smith running with the twos. Jake Johnson running with the twos at tight end. Only a couple more schools left here, guys. Michigan State, uh, not much to go off of here, but head coach Mel Tucker has come out and said that this will be a QB competition in camp. Kind of surprising. I, I don't really know how to take this. Uh, Peyton Thorne has been the starter you know, I I would think Mel Tucker's not just saying this is lip service. Maybe he is, as he doesn't want to see any of these guys transfer out. So right behind him, you have junior quarterback Noah Kim, who did see some time last year, and redshirt freshman Kaiten Hauser. Hauser was a guy I was big on last year. I had him ranked fairly high in my quarterback rankings um, out of St. John Bosco. Dual threat quarterback as well. Uh, Sam Levitt, who we all love here on the recruiting team, is not on campus yet. He will not be there until summer, so I don't think he's really in the quarterback competition this year. I personally would love for them to go to Hauser or even Kim, just because I think we know what Thorne is, and I think it's fair to say he's not it. Maybe that will happen. I, I don't know that I believe this is really a quarterback competition. I feel like Tucker's saying this just to keep these guys in the room as he doesn't want to lose them in case something happens with Thorns. We did see Thorne get a little bit banged up, but I would love if he is being honest, and this is an actual quarterback competition. Last school, Arizona, and there wasn't much to come out of this one. Um, a couple wide receivers, Tet McMillan made a couple plays, Jacob Cowling, we already know about. There was a true freshman wide receiver looking good, and I forgot what his name was. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Jackson Holman, who they said looks more like a tight end out there when he's playing. Um, he's a big guy, but they were moving him all around the formation. I'll be very intrigued to see what he ends up doing. They said that he was really kind of challenging uh, safeties at the catch point. Um, and by far looked like the best wide receiver or freshman wide receiver with the group running. Uh, the real main takeaway for me was Jonah Coleman, a guy that I talked a lot about last year on the spring camp reports. He was he impressing the coaches a lot. 
They said that he is even bigger this season. He has gained weight, but it also seems to have gained speed as well. It was noticeable when he got into the open field. He was able to run past defenders, juke defenders out. There were defenders bouncing off him. They said that his lower body strength was incredible. The fact that he was able to add weight and possibly speed, again, it's just what they're saying. Um, a lot of people are expecting a major jump from him this year, probably being the starting running back. So Jonah Coleman got a lot of hype last year. We didn't get to see a lot of him. I'm excited for him. I hope he's able to take a step forward this year for Arizona. That'll be it for today. But, guys, we've got a ton of teams opening this week. I mean, just off the top of my head, I know Ole Miss opens tomorrow. There are a ton of others that I'm forgetting all opening this week. I'm very excited to see kind of what some of these schools look like. You know, a lot of schools are taking spring break and they're spacing these out. So for those of you who don't know, there's you're allowed 15 practices through spring. So some of them do theirs very early, get them all out of the way. Some space them out. For instance, Oregon, Weirdly enough, only did two practices, and now they're not practicing again until April 4th, and then they're getting them all in before their spring game. So it, it's a little chaotic trying to keep up with all these. We're going to hit a bunch of them as often as we can. Minnesota, uh, Illinois, Ole Miss, Colorado State, West Virginia, Baylor, Purdue, Utah, Texas Tech, Western Kentucky, Notre Dame, uh, Texas State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Marshall, all those opening in the next couple days, and then we get full into spring madness as we lead up toward the end of April with these spring games. So we're, again, going to be doing these at least three times a week to try and keep you guys updated as much as possible. Make sure to subscribe to the channel. Hit that like button. Hit the bell icon so you don't miss any of these videos. And make sure to stick around. If you're watching this on Monday, our C200 initial rankings release drops tonight. Jump in and join us live. What's going on, everybody? Matt here, back with another edition of the Spring Camp Reports. We're doing this one a little bit earlier, dropping this on Friday morning. I am technically recording this Thursday night, though. Uh, a ton of teams with some very interesting practice notes that we're going to go through, but I do also want to mention, didn't get through all of them. There's still some Pac-12 schools and some SEC schools I'm going to try and get to and drop a video tonight, Friday night as well. And then on top of that, I think I'm going to try and do one this weekend is a lot of teams are opening up uh, their spring practices for some big spring scrimmages opening up this weekend. USC, Ohio State, UNC are three I know of off the top of my head that will all be having open scrimmages this weekend. Uh, so a lot of news could come out of those. I will definitely try and attack those schools uh, and some others that are doing some big scrimmages uh, this weekend, which seems to be a big one, uh, which we will again try and do later this weekend. But let's jump into the spring practice notes for March 24th. All right, as I mentioned, we've got a decent amount of schools to get through today, so I might go through these a little quickly. We're going to start going up to Louisville. So they just opened up. Not a lot went on uh, today in one of their first practices, uh, but a lot of praise is being heaped toward Jack Plummer, who transferred in uh, to play here with Jeff Brom, and it's pretty much been stated that he is the front runner and is poised as the favorite to win the starting job. I didn't think Pierce Clarkson was going to win it, so not a big thing here. Obviously, though, we want 
the Jeff Brom quarterback and a wide receiver. Not a lot was talked about in this first practice about the wide receivers, but definitely something we'll continue to pay attention to so we can make sure we get the right one. Moving on over to Miami, Tyler Van Dyke has just been dialed in from all reports so far this spring. Um, he's shown a lot in the quick drills, a uh, quick release drills um, in multiple three and four down periods. He was completing passes and just seemed very comfortable in the offense. Uh, new offensive coordinator Shannon Dawson has been having him, Jakari Brown, and Emery Williams practice these flush out drills where they flush out and throw on the run. All of them have apparently been exceeding in that. Emory Williams, though, is continuing to get a lot of love, though he is technically, I think, the third-string quarterback, at least at the moment. They've said that he has by far the best arm in the camp, and he is gripping and ripping it. He has really good spin on the ball. They think that he has the talent to develop into a guy who can get this offense where it needs to be. And I don't know that that I, – I feel like that sounds like it's a shot – at Brown and Van Dyke. I, I don't think that it is, uh, but they, they just really seem to be in love with Emory Williams. Um, and, and he's apparently impressing a ton. He's really done a good job, according to the reports, pushing the ball down the field. Uh, so for these, this is, this is two camps worth of stuff today. Tyler Van Dyke was with the ones. Henry Parrish was a running back. He had Colby Young, Jacoby George, and Xavier Restrepo as the top wide receivers with Cam McCormick as the first string tight end with the twos. It has been Jacurry Brown with Don Chaney Jr. At the running back position, Isaiah Horton, Robbie Washington, Richard Smith as the wide receivers. And then Jaleel Skinner has actually been running with the twos. I was, I was really hoping he would take a step forward to be with the ones, but again, just big takeaways. Tyler Van Dyke looking extremely comfortable in this offense and Emory Williams continuing to impress here for the Miami Hurricanes. Let's go on over to the Big 12. We're going to take a look at Oklahoma. So Jackson Arnold, who is listed as a third-string quarterback, I, I, he might jump to the two, but currently he's coming as the three. Uh, he has been, as so far, been taking the drills behind Dylan Gabriel and Davis Bevel. However, the reports are that when Dylan Gabriel and Jackson Arnold are throwing the ball, they just look different. The control that they have on their passes, uh, the arm, the touch on the throws, it just you can see the difference between those two and Davis Bevel. Uh, the only other note that's really coming out of Oklahoma, not a ton on the wide receivers at the moment, but Gavin Sawchuck and Javante Barnes, are they're calling them special. Uh, the, the reports and everything going on, there's just no other way to look at it. When you see them taking the handoffs and their explosiveness to get to and through the hole has just been extremely fun to watch. A lot of people are loving this one-two punch. Um, likely Barnes getting the first, second down roll, Sawchuck getting mixed in. I, I said on Debbie Debate earlier this week, I think Sawchuck's going to have a breakout year, but it, it sounds like both of these guys are looking phenomenal so far for Oklahoma. Uh, Marcus Major still dealing with an injury. But I kind of feel like if Sawchuck and, and Barnes keep doing this, Major is not going to have much of a role to play here. Speaking of Major, but a different one, over at TCU, Sonny Dykes has been raving about wide receiver Major Everhart. Said he's taken a big step this year. When you can run a 10-3, the worst thing you can do is think too much, which he felt like he was doing last year. Struggled with injuries, couldn't get out of his own way. This year, he's coming with a clear mind and just seems extremely focused and he has been hitting the ground running for this TCU wide receiver core, which I think is fair to say has a lot of question marks in it. 
as much as we love Jojo Earl, and he could be the one. He's not guaranteed that. Um, while Earl has been talked about a lot in the camp reports and, and all of it has been glowing, Everhart, Major Everhart has been the player that Sonny Dykes has been talking about the most. And when you have that kind of play speed, I think it's different. And they could use him in various different ways, which he also talked about doing. It's going to be very intriguing to see what he does the rest of spring. Probably our first negative report of spring camp, unfortunately, Cordell Russell is going to be out for the remainder of spring. Um, he was going up for a pass in one-on-ones the other day and came down wrong. They didn't say if that was came down wrong, hurt an ankle, knee. There's no report on that. All the report was that he came down wrong and he will not practice the rest of spring. So that really sucks as a guy who we already saw in the first couple reports of the uh, of TCU practice, like he was working into the slot. They had him out at Z. Like I, I was excited to see if he was going to be able to work his way into a one role. But with this wide receiver core kind of coming on with Earl, you've got multiple other players there. Savion's getting a lot of, of love. Obviously, Everhart. Um, no, I'm forgetting someone um, that is getting a lot of love as well. It, I think it's going to be hard for Russell to break in if he's not practicing the rest of the spring. Going on over to Texas. Malik Murphy is back, and he has solidified, at least as of now, himself as the QB2 in the room currently. Reports were that the ball just looks different, leaving Malik Murphy's hands. In fact, there were multiple people saying that they heard the ball whistling by at times when he let it go. The most impressive throw of the camp the other day went to Malik Murphy, who had a hash-to-hash throw across the field to DeAndre Moore on an out route on the money. Uh, They also said he looked really good as well in this camp and DeAndre Moore, but it was a lot about Malik Murphy and his passing ability which does move Arch to the three. So I think all those people who were, you know, peddling the false narratives about Arch Manning versus Queen Ewers, Arch is not even the second quarterback on the depth chart right now. It's Malik Murphy. And unless Murphy transfers out, I don't know that Arch is going to jump him. Sark seems to love himself some Malik Murphy. Jonathan Brooks is back. He is running in drills. He is not technically practicing, but is running with drills. Looks like he will be back here soon. Jadon Blue continues to impress in camp. I'm very curious to see what happens with this Texas running back room. You know, Sark has openly talked about in multiple press conferences now this spring about how he's always had a thousand yard rusher. Does that mean he'll commit to one of these guys? Will it be Jadon Blue? Will it be Jonathan Brooks? I don't know. I feel like Sark is telling you he wants to have a thousand yard rusher. I think Brooks is going to be the starter, but with as impressive as Jadon Blue has been, I'll be curious to see how much work he gets. And I also don't want to write off Cedric Baxter. There's been a lot of talk about how smart he has been, how he's already picked up the offense. He looks good. He had a nasty stiff arm in practice the other day. Personally, I think Baxter already is the best out of the three in that room, but he's probably going to be the three behind Brooks and Blue as of right now. Last but not least for Texas, Isaiah Nayor is back in practice. While he is not technically participating in practice, he has been doing some light drills and work. Uh, but the reports are that he is ahead of schedule, so that is good news. Um, he did tear that ACL in fall camp last year, so hopefully he'll be back by fall camp this year. Penn State. James Franklin has come out and said that Keandre Lambert, Smith, and Harrison Wallace have separated themselves as the top two wide receivers in the room, while Malik McLean has been very competitive and his size size and speed really stands out. He still needs to continue to gain comfort and perform in these practices. 
Both Drew Alar and Bo Prabula have been very impressive, um, but he did also go out of his way to compliment Jackson Smolik, who has said that he's doing really good things. He still has got work to do and a way to go to get there, but they've been very pleased with what he's shown in camp. So it sounds like Drew Alar, which we all knew was going to be the starter, but it looks like Bo will likely be backing him up with Jackson Smolik, the freshman, as the three. Moving on over to Wisconsin, they have not technically opened up their spring camp yet, but Word has come out that while Mordecai is undoubtedly the starter for the 2023 season, Evers might still have a role in this offense. Luke Fickle and Phil Longo have praised Evers for his winter workouts. He has come in focused and determined. He has looked fast and athletic, and they've even had him running with the wide receivers and the tailbacks. I don't know what this is going to mean for him. He was a very athletic quarterback, played at Flower Mound High School in Texas, is a very fast player. I can't imagine they're actually going to line him up at running back or wide receiver, but we'll see. He has been running with them. They seem to be all in on his work ethic and what he's shown. Obviously, once that camp opens up and we get some more news, we'll go for it, but they have not even opened that up. This is strictly winter workout stuff, and they're just this coaching staff seems to be falling in love with Nick Evers. Arizona State, not much to go on. Tevin White has been okay. Elijah Badger has been very impressive. Uh, so with the first team the past couple of days, Trenton Borgo has been the first team quarterback. Tevin White, first team running back. Elijah Badger, Melquan Stovall, and Xavier Gilroy have been the top wide receivers. In the second offense, Bennett Meredith has been the quarterback with the Carlos Brooks at running back. Chad Johnson Jr., Sean Charles, and Geo Sanders have been the top wide receivers. Troy O'Meary and Andre Johnson have been rotating in on the 11-on-11 reps, which is weird because Troy O'Meary was getting a lot of hype early on the couple of the practices and now seems to be rotating in. Hopefully that is not an injury thing, um, and they're just trying to rotate him in. And last but not least, Drew Pine was very sharp in the live reps at the end of practice, um, completing several explosive plays and deep completions. So see if he works his way out of the third place on the depth chart and up into one of the starting two. Staying in the state of Arizona, but going to Arizona, Tedaroa McMillan has been absolutely dominant in practice. Uh, McMillan has gone up over multiple quarterbacks to get the ball, and Jaden Dolores seems extremely comfortable getting him the ball. He's been throwing it in multiple different areas and allowing McMillan to go get it. McMillan ran a route up the middle of the field and caught a touchdown in traffic surrounded by three different defenders, and the coaching staff has been consistent in saying they believe there is a massive jump incoming for Taroa McMillan this season. My goodness. Sorry, guys. Um, he has been widely considered as of right now the best receiver in this camp, and they believe he will be the considered the best receiver in the conference. Noah Fafita, a guy that I like last year, had a few miscues in camp, but for the most part has been very good. Um, he seems much more comfortable in the offense and running it. They don't expect him to start at all this year unless Jaden Delore gets hurt, but they are comfortable putting him out there if that does happen. Moving over to Colorado. Only really big thing here, which I'm sure most of you have seen if you're on Twitter, Travis Hunter is focusing more on wide receiver than defensive back. Uh, did look a little... I don't want to say uncomfortable, but not great in a video posted online where Shador Sanders threw a ball that really was, in my opinion, perfectly thrown. And all Hunter had to do was run under it and said he jumped for some reason um, and kind of 
broke his momentum and ended up falling to the ground. Uh, but we'll see. He's still got a lot of time to work that out. Still an uberly talented athlete and player. I have no doubt he's going to get there. Oregon State. So Aiden Childs has finally struggled a little bit. Bengal Branson has been the most consistent quarterback of the camp, but it's pretty much been said that DJ will be the starter, regardless of how good Bengal Branson has been in camp, because while he's been consistent, he does not have the tools or upside of DJ. Wide receiver Zach Card, though, the true freshman, has continued to stand out and make plays. They fully expect him to suit up and be on the field this fall. So he is a wide receiver that we did not have in our freshman guide. We'll see what this offense looks like. I mean, I, you know, it's hard to say you want to trust in, in in a guy like Zach Card on this offense because we saw how inconsistent DJ was last year with Clemson. But I trust Jonathan Smith, and, and he's had this Oregon State Beavers offense rolling the past two years with really bad quarterback play. Zach Hard might be a guy you should be willing to stash at the end of your rookie or at the end of your freshman supplemental drafts, or at worst, have near the top of your watch list. Last school of the day, USC. They had their first open practice. Austin Jones and Marshawn Lloyd split reps. Both of them looked good. But the biggest news coming out of this, and if you've been watching these videos or listening to them on the podcast, you already know. Zachariah Branch is being called him. He is him. Himothy, Zachariah Branch, however you want to say it. This dude has been incredible. So they were talking to Zach Smith, who said that he watched Zachariah Branch run a out route. Or I'm sorry, run a, it was a post route. This was a post route. The out route, he had a one-handed catch. The post route where Caleb Williams threw the ball, Zachariah Branch had a shoelace catch that you would think most wide receivers would fall over on the way he had to catch the ball, and he kept his balance and ran in for a touchdown. Zachariah Branch has also been back on special teams and punt returns and been fairly impressive there, and in fact stood behind with Keel McDonald and worked a little bit longer at the end of practice on certain punt situations. So we might see him on special teams a decent amount as well. Going to be interesting. Zachariah Branch, our wide receiver one, we knew he was going to be uber talented. And sounds like from all the reports, he's absolutely just destroying USC camp right now. Would not be surprised we see him on the field sooner rather than later. That's going to be it for this morning show. Like I said, I will try and come back. It might drop fairly late Friday night, but I will try and do another one, trying to finish up the rest of the Pac-12 schools that I did not get a chance to get to in all of the SEC schools that have opened up camp. And then we will likely drop another video at some point in time on Sunday after a lot of these schools wrap up their weekend scrimmages because I do think we can take a lot out of those scrimmages of who's playing with the ones and how the scrimmages went. Thank you guys so much for watching this video. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit that bell icon so you don't miss any of these videos, and we will talk to you guys again soon. What's up, everybody? It is March 27th. Matt Bruning here with another episode of Spring Reports. We had a, a ton of SEC news in this one, uh, a couple game scrimmages, but really was only able to find some really good notes on Ohio State. If you were following me this weekend, you got some of those updates. Um, also got some insider stuff that I wish I could share, but I'll give you guys some of the notes on what I was told. But let's jump into it. A ton of SEC and scrimmage notes for you guys here on March 27th.
Though I mentioned we have a ton of SEC notes, we are going to start in the Pac-12 with Washington State. So Washington State has had a couple practices in right now, and Cam Ward has been what has been described as is okay. He's been improving every single week. In this last practice, he went 17 of 24, and his ceiling, they feel like, just has still not been hit uh, through three practices. They just feel like he kind of looks like the same guy from last year, who we talked a lot about on this network, is kind of like hitting these check down throws and a lot of short stuff, but not really challenging down the field. They feel like there's another gear that he needs to hit. He just hasn't quite got there. The first team offense behind Ward, you've got Nakia Watson at running back, Victor, uh, Lincoln Victor at the H, Peters at the Y, and Smithenson at the Z. Lincoln Victor has been the standout wide receiver so far to, far of the three spring practice reports that I was able to find. Moving on over now to a ton of SEC notes. We're going to go to Alabama. There is still not a ton coming out of Alabama. Um, and a lot of this, I, I will give them credit. The, the Alabama beat reporters have openly said it's because they were covering, they were having to cover the basketball team because of their run in the NCAA tournament. But most of them will be there to give updates um, and some more interviews with Nick Saban and the coaching staff as of Monday. So hopefully this coming week today, we will get a, a ton more news coming out of Alabama. But the stuff I was able to find, uh, there seems to be a lot of praise coming the way of Juco transfer Malik Benson. Uh, he's been getting a lot of love. They've said that he has been impressing in camp. You can tell he is working extremely hard to, and I quote, be the star of this offense. On over to Florida. I have a ton of notes for you guys here on Florida. I went through a couple different practice reports. So Jack Miller gave an interview recently saying how he had a lot to prove this year but is still kind of struggling some in the practices. Montrell Johnson has had a couple fumbles this spring, but Andy Jean, freshman wide receiver, continues to be phenomenal through practice. They believe that come week one in Salt Lake City, Andy Jean will be on the field for the Florida Gators. So that is massive. They have talked about how he just looks extremely polished. If you were to just show up to practice not knowing anything about the Florida program, you would think he is a multi-year starter. He is right up up there with Ricky Pearsall, who remains the top wide receiver so far this spring. So a ton and ton of praise coming freshman Andy Jean's way. Arliss Boardingham is also getting some love here. They've talked about his athleticism and his instincts as a pass catcher. They really think that he's going to be out there a ton on passing downs and could be a strong option, especially in 12 personnel, and might be a guy that gets targeted quite a bit with defenses possibly shifting toward Ricky Pearsall. So Arliss Boardingham, a name to watch. Uh, a couple other things here, and, and this one really interesting to me. The reports have been that Jack Miller has kind of been struggling, but this latest report has come out and said that him and Graham Mertz are much closer than many were expecting. While Miller hasn't been great, Graham Mertz has not separated himself. He's had a couple of good throws, but then has several passes that just fall short or are overthrown, and then Jack Miller comes in and has some really good ones. It's going to be very intriguing what happens with this. I would think that it goes to Mertz because he transferred in and, and is probably going to be the starter. But the fact that I think Mertz isn't pulling away from Jack Miller, maybe it was the injury last year in that bowl game that, that really kind of saw, you know, Jack, Jack struggling. But I don't love that Mertz has not been able to separate himself. I actually think that's that's actually really bad news if, if you're a Florida fan because – 
you want a quarterback here to kind of separate himself and be be the guy. And the fact that you know, I, let's be fair, let's be honest, we all have a bad taste in our mouth because of what Jack Miller did in that bowl game. Maybe he is the guy. Maybe he is going to be that good. But those are both re- apparently the quarterback battle is really close. There have some practices. Uh, supposedly they had a practice on Saturday. I could not find anything on it. I will try and dig deeper. Um, and maybe we can do that on, maybe we'll do another uh, report later Monday night or on Tuesday, uh, but I couldn't find much on it, but they do have another spring practice, like a, a actual scrimmage coming up this week. Maybe we'll get more out of that. Auburn, there wasn't much to go on. A lot of people seem to be very happy with the way Hugh Freeze is running this offense. I feel like it's projected that Robbie Ashford is going to be the starter of Auburn. Don't sleep on TJ Finley, who is getting a lot of love for how well he has been as a passer in this offense. Now, we know in the past, Hugh Freeze has had these quarterbacks that he likes to use running the ball and passing the ball, which might be why we're leaning so heavily toward Robbie Ashford. But TJ Finley is getting a ton of love for how he's been able to pass the ball and has by far been the better passer for Auburn. Moving over to Georgia. Not a lot here. Uh, we know Pierce Sperlin is out with an injury. Lawson Lucky has strung together some very good practices as of late and has been getting a ton of reps and apparently been making the most of them. Now, Georgia has become tight in you, right? We know Brock Bowers is going to be there. Oscar Delp's probably going to be the two, so we probably won't see a ton of Lucky this year. But I do think it is interesting. He's probably going to jump Sperlin, and that is solely because of the injury, but something to watch out for. Carson Beck, from all reports, seems to be apparently uh, the leader in the court, uh, the quarterback competition, though it has been reported that there's still a lot of time to go in spring, and we have the whole fall camp. So nothing's settled yet, and I don't think it will. I don't think Kirby wants Brock Vandergriff to transfer out, even if he doesn't win the job, because he wants that quarterback depth. We'll see what happens. We have seen reports and rumors that other teams are actively recruiting Brock Vandergriff to jump into the portal. So we'll see if he does do that. If Beck seems to be the leader heading out of spring as of now, that is what it appears to be. And last but not least, if the running back room, Kendall Milton and Branson Robinson have been getting all of the runs with the ones as has Carson Beck and Kendall Milton has come out and said that he's excited to be the lead dog this year. We'll see if he sticks that Branson Robinson is an extremely talented running back. But as of now, If Milton can stay healthy, which is a big issue with him as of late, he has a chance to really surprise people this year. Kentucky. Barry and Brown has gotten faster. That is one of the main reports coming out of this camp. I didn't think it was possible. A guy who you would probably argue was the best returner last year in all of college football is now looking faster on the college football field. On top of that, the biggest difference in Kentucky camp this year has been talking has been talked about Devin Leary's accuracy. There was a total of two drops in practice the other day, one by Tavion Robinson, and the other one wasn't technically a drop. It was an interception. That is how good Leary has been. Dane Key, Barry and Brown, and Tavion Robinson have praised Devin Leary and his accuracy in getting them the ball and allowing them to do work after the catch. We could see a very interesting offense here for for Kentucky. Now, I know different offensive line, new offensive coordinator might be a big difference here too, but the fact that they're praising his accuracy, I think, speaks volumes of what the quarterback play was last year compared to this year. Kentucky, 
might be a good team this year. Moving over to LSU, Jaden Daniels, Kyron Lacey, Malik Neighbors, and Brian Thomas have been the starting offense so far with Noah Kane getting the run with the ones at running back. With the twos, it has been Garrett Nussmeyer with Chris Hilton, Kyle Parker in the slot, the true freshman, very intriguing with Trey Holly at the running back. Now, that has been the most part we have seen. Apparently, Garrett Nussmeyer has been getting some run with the ones, but it has mostly been Jaden Daniels. The reports are, though, that the ball is just coming out of Garrett Nussmeyer's hand differently, and it's noticeable he is much more improved than what the guy they saw two years ago. Jaden Daniels has apparently had a, ni- a couple nice throws, specifically some off-platform, but the focus has been for him to be in more improved with his accuracy. And they're saying they're not seeing a ton of it. Again, this is going to be really intriguing to see what happens with Daniels and Nussmar because reports continue to be very glowing about Garrett Nussmar and not so much about Jade and Daniels. Can Garrett Nussmar wrestle this job away? Moving on over to Mississippi state for the first time in the spring practice report. So, The QB competition has been as goes. Will Rogers, Mike Wright, then Chris Parson. The running backs, Jaquavius Marks has been with the ones, Simeon Price with the twos, Jeffrey Pittman and Seth Davis with the threes. At the receiver position, you have Tulu Griffin, who has been in the slot. Justin Robinson and Jordan Mosley have been on the outside with the ones. Uh, Jaden Wally and Zayvon Thomas have been mixed. I'm sorry, Rufus Harvey and Jaden Wally have been mixing in with the slot, while Xavier Thomas has been mixing in on the outside. Going over to Ole Miss, this is a very intriguing report. So through three practices now with Ole Miss, Jackson Dart, has been getting almost all the work with the first and second group with Walker Howard getting reps with the threes. You might say, well, Matt, I thought this was supposed to be a quarterback competition between Jackson Dart and Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders, for the first time in the spring practices, has shown up on Saturday morning in full pads but was a limited participant. He has not been taking snaps, but he has been in for designed runs for either himself or the running back. He is still recovering from whatever shoulder injury he suffered last year. He has yet to take a pass, folks. Not saying that this means Jackson Dart is going to be the starter, but I do think this has to be a little bit concerning that we are three practices in, and Spencer Sanders is just now putting on the pads. He's not throwing the ball, and they're only using him and design runs for himself or the running backs. That probably changes as his shoulder gets healthy and we move into fall camps. But we'll see. I think this really helps out. Jackson Dart continue to have a stranglehold on that job. The main receiver standing out so far in spring for Ole Miss has been Dayton Wade, and Ulysses Bentley the fourth has been very impressive as well, outside of obviously all of our favorite running back, Quinshawn Judkins. Going on over to Tennessee, the Oregon transfer Dante Thornton has still not been in uniform. He has been in strength and conditioning. Um, They did see him outdoors for a little bit, but it is believed to be a hamstring issue for him. Um, He has been running a little bit of routes here and there. Um, They believe that it happened at some point in practice. Freshman running back Cam Seldon was in a non-contact jersey this past uh, practice. Um, He was involved a little bit in individual drills. Um, They did see him in the backfield a little bit, which they believe is positive. And all the reports are that it is just a minor precautionary thing that he is not suffering from anything. But they are still getting him out there to work on his technique and fundamentals at the running back position. So he's not really losing a ton of work there at the running back position, just not getting hit. Moving on over to Texas A&M. So the Aggies 
do not have a ton of receivers on scholarship right now. Micah Tease, Raymond Contrell are both been at practice, but star wide receiver Evan Stewart, if you did not see it, suffered an injury and has been wearing a boot on his right foot. He has also been seen in crutches, is going to be out for spring. And the more intriguing thing is that it seems like a wide receiver they had locked up through the transfer portal and UTEP receiver Tyron Smith looks like he's backing out of his decision to come to AM. He has not been there whatsoever, and they have not heard anything from him. Freshman running back Ruben Owens has gained 10 pounds coming into camp and has been a standout player in all of camp. So right now, junior Amari Daniels and sophomore Le'Veon Moss have been running up as the number one and two back, but Owens has been pushing them, and they really believe him being in here in spring seems to be a shot, or there seems to be a lot of belief in the room that he's going to get significant snaps in year one. He's just been that much better than Amari Daniels and Le'Veon Moss. I I, I believe it. Ruben Owens uh, is a little bit older. He is on the older side of this running back class. Very talented. Would not be surprised if we see a ton of him. Last but not least, before we get out of here, I've got to talk about Ohio State. So they had their first spring scrimmage, and it was actually open to the public this time. Uh, in the past, it has not been, so I've kind of revealed things that I was told a little bit behind closed doors now, so a lot of this stuff is public. Jaden Ballard had an amazing practice. He's been having amazing practices, was really good in the game. Seems like he is really going to be pushing for a starting spot or being more heavily used in the rotation. Now, I will I will give you guys some caution here. Ballard was a standout in spring last year as well. If you remember the spring reports I talked about, he was pushing Julian Fleming were the reports, and he was going to be possibly on the outside. Fleming and Emeka have not practiced this spring. They've been doing some individual stuff but have not actually been practicing with the team. Jaden Ballard is, is a truly intriguing player because he has a great connection and chemistry with Kyle McCord. If you go back and look at the few times Kyle McCord has played, Ballard gets targeted fairly heavily. So in a play here, they were splitting reps with the ones and Kyle McCord and Devin Brown and Ryan Day wanted to see who can make it into the red zone. Kyle McCord was able to get down there multiple times, including a great play where he pump faked a cornerback. The cornerback was playing about 15 yards off. I'm sorry, not even fair. It was probably about 10 yards off of Jaden Ballard. Jaden Ballard went and looked like he was going to take like a, a quick comeback route. Kyle McCord pumped it. The cornerback bit on the route. Jaden Ballard flipped and went deep. Kyle McCord hit him for what was an easy 60-yard bomb. A couple other plays Kyle McCord made is he was in the pocket, was flushed out through a nice pass to freshman Noah Rogers on the run. Nice little touch over the linebacker covering Noah Rogers as well. Hit him in stride, almost scored. I believe he was knocked down at the one. Kyle McCord actually scored a rushing touchdown to the outside on the next play. Ryan Day praised number six for his ability to get the offense down into the red zone and execute in the red zone. He has consistently said he wants to get a quarterback in there that makes the routine the routine, but can step up when needed. We saw a lot of that from Kyle McCord this weekend. Not only his arm, but him using his legs, which I think is still an underrated part of his game that a lot of people don't give him credit for. Go watch his high school tape. He used his legs. He has dropped 10 pounds. He's been working with a movement coach. Like I, I think Kyle is going to be in for a big season. All the reports are is that he has the edge on Devin Brown. Uh, I, you know, 
We'll see. It is still early, but Devin Brown did not get down into the red zone, and Kyle McCord was with the offense, and they both got runs with the ones. I'm sorry, I believe Devin Brown got down there once with the ones, um, and Kyle did not get down there with the twos. Devin Brown did not get down there at all with the twos, and then Kyle was able to get down there the rest of the time. It's going to be very, very intriguing uh, to see what happens with this quarterback battle moving forward with the big spring game coming up here um, and then obviously heading into fall camp. Last but not least, I did want to mention that Cardinal Tate lost his black stripe. For those of you who don't know what that means, Urban Meyer brought a tradition of sorts over to Ohio State when he first joined in that the freshman players, not just skilled players, all freshman players for Ohio State, get just a regular gray helmet with a black stripe. You are considered a freshman or not necessarily officially a Buckeye until you lose that black stripe. Once that happens, you get the sparkly gray helmet and you're good to go. Cardinal Tate was one of the first. Him and there was an offensive lineman today that lost their black stripes, the first two of this freshman class, um, fairly quickly, too, for Cardinal Tate. Good for him. Uh, the fastest other receiver to do it has been Garrett Wilson. I'm not trying to say that Cardinal Tate's going to be Garrett Wilson, uh, but it is really good for him to have lost it this quickly, especially with all the hype that Noah Rogers has been getting in the media. You would think he'd be the first to lose his black stripe. It was not. It was Cardinal Tate. That will do it for us today, though, for this Monday morning show. Again, I'm going to try and do these a little bit more frequently here over the next couple days because I will be out at the end of the week. So I want to try and get you guys a couple more reports this week. So I might see another one tonight. If not, you'll see at least one on Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for checking these out. Make sure to hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, hit that bell icon so you don't miss any of these videos. And again, have yourselves a great Monday. We will talk to you guys again soon.